Greetings and welcome to the Circuit Rider broadcast. Now we're in uh, the dispensation uh, number four. Now some uh, people call it the dispensation of promise. And uh, we have others that call it the dispensation of family, or patriarch. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go ahead and give you uh, some things here about this dispensation. It has to do a lot with Abraham, as we're going to see. Now, if you'd like to contact us, you may write to us at the circuit rider at protonmail.com. That's the circuit rider at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You have any questions, any comments? You want to request any of our materials? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Now, as we go ahead and start here, just by way of introduction, this dispensation uh, extended from the call of Abraham to Exodus. And uh, it's a period of about 430 to 50 years, somewhere thereof, and is known as the dispensation of the family or promises, I've said, patriarchs. And so what we see here is after the dispersion uh, from Babel, uh, the descendants of Noah and his sons became idolaters. And uh, no doubt God had uh, his witnesses, but there is no record of any. Even Abraham's father was an idolater. Uh, so uh, God, and by the way, we've seen uh, his, his, uh, uh, Abraham's father, uh, we did see this in uh, Genesis in chapter 11 and uh, verse 31 where it says uh, about Terah, he took Abram, uh, that's A-B-R-A-M, and that's before uh, Abram was called Abraham, but took Abram his son and Lot the son of Aaron, his son's sons, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, and his son, Abram's wife. And uh, they went uh, forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go down into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, we're going to go ahead and begin this here in a little bit. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot of scripture to go over here. I, I don't know. Uh, well, let's see what happens here. But you see, uh, we know that Abraham's father was an idolater, so God decided uh, to single out one family and start afresh. Abraham was chosen, and he proved a mighty man of faith. But his righteousness, uh, why... Um, was and, and, and his descendants, uh, like Isaac, was a good man, but not so good as his father, and Jacob, Isaac's son, who succeeded uh, to the birthright. Why, well, we remember what happened there uh, about the two boys, Jacob and Esau. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, uh, it was uh, the twelve sons of Jacob, uh, with the exception of Joseph, greatly degenerated from the parent uh, stock, obviously, and that 
short dispensation of only 430 years, 450, somewhere thereof, ended with all of Abram's descendants working uh, as slaves uh, in, the, uh, in, in Egypt uh, for Pharaoh. And uh, we remember in the book of Exodus uh, about the children of Israel and what took place there. So we see, and we're going to look at several things about Abraham, okay? And uh, we're going to get there, you know, about uh, what are the, uh, what was the responsibilities here. Why, the idea of it is, is we're going to go ahead and look in Genesis and uh, chapter 12. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 1. We're going to go Genesis chapter 12, verses and begin reading in verse 1 through 7. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, uh, Get thee out of the, the, thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Now wasn't that interesting that he says, and, and distinctly says, and from thy father's house. Obviously something was, wasn't right there. And uh, he says, I will make of thee a great nation and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram uh, departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now I want you to notice this. And Lot went with him. Now let's stop a minute here. Did you notice in verse 1, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house? Did you notice something went, on, went wrong here? Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Uh, do you think that that was supposed to be? I mean, when God told him, and from thy kindred? Wasn't Lot kindred? Yes, he was. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Aaron. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Aaron, they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of uh, Sikkim, unto the plain of Morah, and uh, the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and said unto thy seed, Will I give this land? And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. Now, did you notice that? The Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Now we're going to really go over several verses of Scripture here uh, between uh, this broadcast and the next. And I've got several things for you to see uh, about this thing. But I want you to notice there. Uh, why? Do you know what? Did you notice that Lot went with him to dwell in Canaan? Why do you understand that I, as I brought this out, why he said, And from thy kindred. By the way, do you remember what happened with Lot as you read in the book of Genesis and how bad it turned out? At about 
later on down the road in time why there was trouble with Lot. And do you know where Lot ended up? Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Why do you remember Lot's wife? Do you remember the two daughters with Lot? Why read your Bible? And the idea of it was is that there was nothing but trouble there uh, that took place with Lot. Now, the one thing about Lot is, and we remember this, that Lot was called he, uh, a righteous man because as he dwelt in there, why he uh, vexed his righteous soul. Did you catch that? Which indicated that Lot was saved. Now, there's a lot to be studied here. Uh, we understand that the man Abram is called the friend of God. Look, if you would, with me in James chapter 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Look, if you would, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41 and verse 8. But thou... Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Now, I have a, pray, I have a message uh, that we have spoken many times all over, the, uh, and uh, it was the idea about, you know, how does the Lord, when he recognizes your name, why, what does he feel towards you? Uh, you know, we, we have a message on that. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Here is Abraham. He's known as the friend of God. Can you imagine that? And there was no doubt about his kingship, uh, whether he was a king. Uh, why? For in the context of Isaiah 41, we read, Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings. That's Isaiah chapter 41, verse 1 and 2. Now the idea of it is, was Abraham was a king. Again, the kingdom of heaven. Did you catch this? We'll get into that here a little bit later on. But as we see, uh, Abraham ascends the throne, much to the uh, uh, of the prince of the power of the air, while times uh, passes, ways and means are devised to overthrow this new king. But an unconditional covenant of grace has been given to this king. Why, in view of Noah's failure in Genesis chapter eight verse twenty-one, I mean this new king is going to be a hard one to overthrow. Uh, we see that, obviously, in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, when we read about Abraham. We're going to read uh, some excerpts here. You see, a king is installed by grace is going to be hard to remove, for his kingship is not dependent upon his conduct. Big, uh, big movement here. By the way, a lot of people uh, grab a hold of this thing when they look at uh, Abraham, and they say, and they compare that with salvation that we have during the church age. But we're going to show you a couple of things here 
that is very, very, very important. So uh, hang on to your seat, and we'll have a good time here as we study about Abraham here and the patriarchs here. You see, Abraham is uh, promised a literal, physical, visible, earthly domain given to him by God in Genesis chapter 15, and let's look at it in verse 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. You see, what's going on here is the Lord gave Abraham a great prophecy about Exodus and Pharaoh. Now, verse 14, And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And he did. Remember Pharaoh? And after they kicked him out, then he went after him. Why, what happened? And afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. And thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that was passed, that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed will I, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, I want you to look at this because this is so good. God made the covenant with Abram. And the covenant here is an agreement. It's a contract between two parties. And by the way, this is exactly what a contract is, what a covenant is. It's a contract uh, between two parties. Uh, It's a deed in writing. And here in God's word is this covenant. In God's holy word, it's written and it's sealed by God. Why do you know what you hold in your hand? You hold a literal contract, a covenant that was made between God and Abraham about the, the children of Israel and the property and the land that God gave them over there in Israel. You see that there's a, there's a battle. There has been a long time battle over that piece of dirt over there. Why, it's a land contract with Abraham and his seed and God. You think about this. I've got several verses of Scripture that I want us to start reading here. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and go to it because while we're on the subject matter, I really want you to see this here, okay? Uh, first of all, I want you to look, if you would, and uh, we're going to do several verses of Scripture here. And uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 10. Verse 26 reads, For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and you be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, ask no questions for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered and sacrificed unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it for conscience sake. And notice what all of a sudden, why by the Holy Spirit of God, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Turn with me, if you would, and go to the book of Isaiah 
in Isaiah, and uh, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 45. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. So you know what? This earth and the heavens, they're going to be inhabited. It's a prophecy. Amen. I won't go any further with that, but let me tell you this. Let's go over here to Genesis chapter 15 and verse 18 again. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land? It's a contract. From the river of Egypt, under the great river, the river Euphrates. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Psalms and chapter 105. Look with me as we begin reading in verse 6. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. Did you catch that? That covenant that was made with Abraham is going to be remembered forever, for all eternity. Why, do you know what? These uh, uh, Palestinians, the, these Arabs and the rest of them over there that hate Israel and the whole deal, and they fighting over some land that God gave the children of Israel. Amen. And brother, you know what? God will show you one day who is going to get the land and who has the land and who will occupy the land and where the temple will be built. Amen and amen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever. His word, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. And confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, Will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance? When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. Turn with me, if you would, to Second Chronicles chapter 6, and verse 25 says, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy people Israel and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. In verse 31 it says that they may fear thee to walk in thy ways so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. And then in verse 38, it says of the chain chapter, chapter first, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 6, if they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives and prayed toward their land, their land, their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers and toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built 
for thy name. Why, let me tell you something here. You, do you realize what's going on here? God is making it within his word. He gave them a piece of property that absolutely, you know, one of these days, you know what? They are the owner, and one of these days the whole world is going to realize it. The giver of the land, the receiver of the land, and the title deed to the land, why, do you know what? It's written within the word of God. The land is not given to Ishmael. The land was given to Abram. Did you catch that? And, and God himself takes sides against uh, Gisham the Arabian in uh, uh, Nehemiah and uh, chapter 6 and verse 1 and chapter 4 and verse 7. In chapter 4 and verse 7, the scripture says, But it came to pass that uh, when uh, Sanbala and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Do you, I mean, do you know what? There's nothing new under the sun. Back here in the Old Testament, the Palestinian, the they're Arabs, uh, you know, all of this group. You know what? They fought against the children of Israel. Just like why what's going on today. Nothing new under the sun. Look, if you would, in uh, Nehemiah and chapter 6 again, where it says in verse 1, it came to pass when Sambalah and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall, that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. And then Sanballat and Gosham, why sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of uh, the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And that like uh, them, and that like it is today, being rebuffed by an armed workers, the Palestinians, actually the Arabians, uh, then and now, back off and try to get a peace process going on, you know, like a Camp David, or some kind of an agreement. Why, you know what? Uh, it's like to con suckers. Uh, you know, it's always positive. Uh, we want peace. Uh, no, they won't. Uh, they want the land. When God gave Israel the land. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, you look what we have today. Uh, you know, and what takes place and what's going on. By the way, uh, I was truly, absolutely, uh, it was a shameful thing uh, to watch uh, the President of the United States uh, over there in a conference over there with Israel, uh, fall asleep, uh, you know what I mean, when there was supposed to be some kind of a conference uh, going on, some kind of a meeting, and uh, why, it, it's just, it's, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know what, you got to absolutely understand and realize, brother, God promised that he will bless those that bless Israel. And brother, he'll curse those that go against Israel. 
And you better recognize that. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. You better pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, you know why those are God's chosen. Uh, you know, God didn't change. Uh, God hasn't changed. And the covenants and the promises are to Israel, uh, you know, that are in the Old Testament here. Uh, the church has not taken them, as a lot of these folk, this uh, uh, replacement theology. What a joke. What a joke. People, that, that, that just goes to show you that you're not following the true word of God. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I we'll get into that a little bit later on. I, I get really upset over that. But, brother, what I'm absolutely trying to encourage you, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless the Jews. I mean, let me tell you, you watch. We need to be standing with the children of Israel. We need to be standing with Israel. Amen and amen. Now, you see, when we look at Abraham here, we see several things that are going at, that, that are taking place. I see that I'm running out of time here. I, I don't even have time to start. I, I've got so much I want to say. So what I'm going to do here, and since I'm running out of uh, time here in this session, is I want you to look at the idea that the responsibility uh, with this business here uh, with um, is taking place in this dispensation of promise. Is you know what? God wanted them and Abraham to dwell in Canaan. God wanted uh, Abraham to dwell and go and dwell in Canaan. The failure was in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 10. While what took place is we understand that there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down into Egypt. I want you to look at that word, down. Anytime you see Egypt, by the way, Egypt, according, uh, when you study the word of God, and by the way, do you remember I've said this to, and I say this to our people all the time, you know, each verse of scripture has got a historical application, a spiritual application, uh, and a, a spiritual, uh, a doctrinal application application. And the idea of it is, is what you get right here is you, you get there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down into Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land. Now again, I, I, I say this over and over again. You know, when you want to find out the words and the meanings of the words to better identify as we study the scriptures, which I highly recommend, get you a good Webster's 1828 dictionary, and uh, for the English language and the English book that we have, and it's AV 1611. And when you look up the word sojourn, it means to dwell for a time, to dwell or live in a place as a temporary resident or, or a stranger. Why not considering the place as his permanent habitation? Why the example given here within the dictionary is Abraham sojourned in Egypt right here as we see it. So the idea of it is was, all right, they were going to go down there and they were going to live there for a while. And you see, why do you remember what took place? Why the idea, the failure was they went down there. 
And you know what? There was a punishment. Now, until next time, may God help you to see the truth.